0: This is Father Jared Kramer from St. John's Episcopal Church in Grand Haven, Michigan, here with today's edition of Christian Mythbusters, a regular segment I offer to counter some common misconceptions about the Christian faith. Usually, right around this time of year, I get the delight of wishing people a happy Easter and enjoying the quizzical looks they give me in return. You see, in the tradition of the church, Easter isn't just one Sunday. It's 50 days of feasting, 50 days of feasting after the 40 days of Lent. That's because the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is such a profound, reality-changing event that it needs a full 50 days to celebrate it. That also explains why my daughter is still eating Easter candy, much to the occasional annoyance of my wife. My daughter is just traditional in her celebrations, even at four years old. But these continued Easter celebrations raise a question I hear sometimes. Just what was the resurrection anyways? What does it mean when we say we believe Jesus rose from the dead? Did a corpse come back to life? Was it a resuscitation like when paramedics bring back someone whose heart stops, just one that is more miraculous because it took place after Jesus was dead for three days? All of these questions, I think, mean today is a great day to break some of the myths about the resurrection of Christ, which we celebrate during Eastertide. First, the resurrection of Christ was not the mere resuscitation of a corpse. It can be compared to Lazarus, for instance, who Jesus, bodily raised from the dead, resuscitated after Lazarus had been dead for four days. However, Lazarus' original body was raised up, and that means Lazarus still grew old, and eventually Lazarus did finally die. Jesus' resurrected body, however, was very different from his body that was put to death by a violent state and jealous religious powers. For one thing, it seems that Jesus' disciples did not immediately recognize him, often not until they heard him say their name or he showed them his wounds. For another, in his resurrected body, he seemed able to enter and exit rooms with locked doors. And the point that he was raised with his wounds is deeply important, emphasizing that God did not erase the painful past, but that God makes it new. Some would suggest that the experience of the disciples was some kind of mass hallucination, or at least an experience of a spiritual being who came back after Jesus' death. And yet the scriptural witness is clear that though his resurrected body was different, it was still a body. He was not some kind of ghost or spiritual being. When his disciples struggled to believe, Jesus ate a piece of fish with them, demonstrating that he was indeed bodily there. He invited St. Thomas to stick his hand right into his side to probe the holes in his pierced hands with his fingers. Jesus breathed on the disciples, giving them the gift of the Holy Spirit, and St. John is abundantly clear that Jesus was raised bodily when he begins his first epistle, saying, We declare to you that which was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. One of my favorite articulations of the importance of the bodily resurrection of Christ comes from John Updike of all places. In his poem, Seven Stanzas at Easter, He writes, Make no mistake, if he rose at all, it was as his body. If the cell's dissolution did not reverse, the molecule re-knit, the amino acids rekindle, the church will fall. It was not as the flowers, each soft spring recurrent. It was not as his spirit in the mouths and fuddled eyes of the eleven apostles. It was as his flesh, ours, the same hidged thumbs and toes, the same valved heart that pierced, died, withered, paused, and then regathered, out of enduring might, new strength to enclose. Let us not mock God with metaphor, analogy, sidestepping transcendence, making of the event a parable, a sign painted in the faded credulity of earlier ages. Let us walk through the door. The stone is rolled back, not papier-mâché, not a stone in a story, but the vast rock of materiality that in the slow grinding of time will eclipse for each of us the wide light of day." And if we have an angel at the tomb, make it a real angel, weighty with max Planck's quanta, vivid with hair, opaque in the dawn light, robed in real linen, spun on a definite loom. Let us not seek to make it less monstrous for our own convenience, our own sense of beauty, lest awakened in one unthinkable hour we are embarrassed by the miracle and crushed by remonstrance." And I know you may be sitting there wondering if you could really believe any of this, because it seems so strange, but that's the great thing about faith, I think. You can rest on the faith of the church on those days you doubt, knowing that Jesus came to Thomas in his doubt, and that he'll come to you in yours as well. At the same time, we do, as a church, believe God raised Jesus from the dead, and that means God can also raise up all the dead places in this world, even in your own life, through his grace. Thanks for being with me. To find out more about my parish, you can go to sjegh.com. Until next time, remember, protest like Jesus, love recklessly, and live your faith out in a community that accepts you but also challenges you to be better tomorrow than you are today.